Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. Hello, and welcome to Cool People Who Did Cool Stuff. I'm your host, Margaret Kiljoy, and this week is Spooky Week. Actually, last week was Spooky Week, but I kind of fucked up the timing of a three-part episode. So this week is Spooky Week. And instead of what I usually do, tell you about some cool actual person from history, this week I'm telling you about a cool person from folklore. My guest today is Jamie Loftus, who herself is a creature out of folklore. What are you the personification Cosine. of a gun? I can't remember, Jamie. Oh, what was I? I actually, it's been heavily, it's been hotly debated uh, mm-hmm. over over time. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I let people uh, interpret it for themselves. It's not for me to say. As, a, as, as someone who's not a real person, more of an idea than a person, uh, uh, it's okay. not for me to say. Okay, that's yeah. fair. Uh, it's up for the listener to decide. Um, what have you been the What have you been popularly uh, interpreted to be the personification of Margaret? Oh Lord. Um, well, what's fun about that is I think people actually do do that to me, but then they like you know they pick like one aspect of your personality and run with it. And it used to be mm-hmm. the like um, yep. the like vagabond figure, right? Like as the like perpetual traveler. And then it was like the girl who lives in a black house that she built in the forest. And like both of those are like true things about me, but yeah, I you know. see where they're coming from. To yeah. be to be fair, you did write a chapter in your latest book about a girl turned witch that lives in a house in the forest. That's true. That's true. So you did kind of write your own folklore. Yeah, that seems like something I would do. <laughs> fair I think enough. That I've cultivated. People often think that I am. Uh, extremely chaotic and don't have any semblance of control over my life. But that's not true. That is completely, that is factually inaccurate. You're far too productive for that to be true. (laughs) I have my shit together just enough. Thank you very much. But here we are. Here we are. Two, uh, or three three women who who represent uh, ideas and are projected upon constantly. Sophie, what's yours? Professionally, even. My folklore, 
Uh, I think I think you you wrote my folklore. You told me I was the Pope of podcasting. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> That's true. No, it's probably just like the weird parasocial folklore that that uh, all I do is say no, which is not yeah. true. The personification not true. of sometimes negativity. I say absolutely not. Yeah. So you say yes. The queen so of rain it in. Life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. Jamie, when you pointed out that, like, also professionally we are, like, that is the odd thing about doing this kind of work, is that you're like, yeah, oh, yeah, romanticize my life, you'll buy my books. Right. You're like, it's not, it's not net negative, and yeah. uh, it doesn't always even bother me, but sometimes you're just like, well, I know what I'm like. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and for yeah. me, nobody even knows what my job is, and that's fun. <laughs> and I'm not telling any of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, one person whose job we do know, uh, the audio engineering is done by Ian. Yay. And Ian. the theme music was written by Unwoman. Yay. And where we last left off, we talked about who Baba Yaga was, about her chicken hut and her bony legs and how she ate children who misbehaved. Today, we're going to talk about what she means and where she comes from. But first, another story. Ah. <gasps> I'm excited. I have, I'm, I literally I have my blanket here too, and I'm like, excellent. Yeah. Okay. This story is called "By Command of Prince Daniel." Yes, <laughs> yes, a great name for a story. Um, okay, okay. As translated, <laughs> yeah, by Leonard Arthur Magnus. Uh, also, about a hundred years ago, I didn't forgot to write down the date. I picked the public domain translations. Is what happened. I'm inherently mistrustful of someone who actively goes by three names. So this will be interesting. That's fair. Yeah. Something I'm trying about, to come up it, with a counterexample, but I, I don't have one off the top of my head. Three namers generally fall into the buckets of serial killers or child stars. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and so you're just like, mm, this is going to be a mixed bag. We'll see. Yeah. Once upon a time. There was an aged queen who had a son and a daughter who were fine, sturdy children. But there was also, yeah, (laughs) Um, coming in hard. But there was also an evil witch who could not bear them, and she began to lay plots how she might contrive their overthrow. I think this is not even, whatever, I'm not spoiling anything. So she went to the old queen and said, Dear gossip, that must be the queen's name, I don't know. I am giving you a ring. Put it on your son's hand, and then he will be rich and generous, only he must marry the maiden whom this ring fits. The mother believed her and was extremely glad, and at her death bade her son marry only the woman whom the ring fitted. Mm. Time went by and the boy grew up. He became a man, and he looked at all the maidens, very many of them he liked. Only as soon as he put the ring on their finger, it was either too broad or too narrow. So he traveled from village to village, from town to town, and searched out all the fair damsels. But he could not find his chosen one, and he returned home in a reflective mood. What is the mother? What is the matter, brother? His sister asked him. So he told her of his trouble, explained his sorrow. What a wonderful ring you have, said the sister. Let me try it on. No! 
hey, bro, um, that wedding ring, why don't you slap it on this finger? No problems here. Yeah. Meanwhile, the water system is poisoned. There's all these policy issues while this guy's been fucking off, putting yeah. rings on the random people. People are dying. Yeah. Meanwhile, we have some incest in progress. This is disgusting. Yeah, this is clearly an HBO show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> She tried it on her finger, and the ring was firm, as firmly fixed as if it had been soldered on, as though it had been made for her. Oh, sister, you are my chosen bride, and you must be my wife. What a horrible idea, brother. That would be a sin. But the brother would not listen to a word she said. He danced for joy and told her to make ready for the wedding. She wept bitter tears, went in front of the house, and sat on the threshold and let her tears flow. Two old mm-hmm. beggars came up and she gave them to eat and drink. They asked what her trouble was, and she needs must tell the two. Now, weep no more, but do what we say. Make up four dolls and put them in four corners of your room. After your brother calls you in for the betrothal, go. And if he calls you into the bridal chamber, ask for time, trust in God, and follow our advice. And the beggars departed. We need less doll-based solutions in this world. (laughs) Why I don't know, they've been a, working why well. Why is a doll integral to, I mean, look, as the owner of many dolls, they have not solved a damn problem. And in fact, they've been an active deterrent. Uh, they've maybe caused more problems than they've solved for me. Thank you very much. You mean because when people come into your house, it's just dolls staring at you from the wall? Yeah, people don't like that, it turns out, Margaret. But you people come into your house, they Weird. see 9,000 dolls and they're like, um, interesting. I just got so busy and sick. Okay, so what we should try is we should trade, and you can become a sword girl for a while, and I'll become a doll girl for a while. And we'll just, yeah, like, I, we'll I compare feel notes. like walking a mile in each other's shoes yeah. Um, yeah, totally. would, be, would be useful. Because yeah. the um, the peaks and valleys of being a doll girl are, I feel like I've really lived. Okay, And I okay. want I want to know what it feels like to be a sword girl. Also yeah. a horse girl. Yeah, I do want to be a horse girl, but horses don't respect my authority and they uh, go where they want and it's hard I, I've been saying that for years horses are so fucking disrespectful yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> the brother and the sister were betrothed and he went into the room oh. and cried out sister mine come in I will come in a moment brother I am only taking off my earrings and the dolls in the four mm-hmm. corners began to sing Cuckoo, Prince Danilo. Cuckoo, Giovarillo. Cuckoo, tis a brother. Cuckoo, weds his sister. Cuckoo, earth must be split asunder. Cuckoo, and the sister lie hid under. Then the earth rose okay. up and slowly started to swallow the sister. And the brother cried what? out again. What the hell hmm? did she do? Oh, it. Yeah, you're here. Okay. Sorry, I'm listening. I'm no, listening. no, no, no. And the brother cried out again, Sister mine, come into the feather bed. In a, in a minute, brother, I am undoing my girdle. And the dolls began to sing, Cuckoo, Prince Danilo, Cuckoo, Giovario. Cuckoo, tis a brother, Cuckoo, weds his sister. Cuckoo, earth must be split asunder, Cuckoo, and the sister lie hid under. Only she had vanished oh, now, all but her head. for good. And the brother cried out again, come into the feather bed. In a minute, brother, I am taking off my shoes. And the dolls went on cooing, and she vanished under the earth. And the brother kept crying and crying and crying. 
and when she never returned, he became angry and ran out to fetch her. He could see nothing but the dolls, which kept singing, so he knocked off their heads and threw them into the stove. Okay, I actually think I've maybe done this. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> had four dolls in the corner while a man slowly gets more and more furious. <laughs> and then just fucking bolt. It's like, yeah. where are you? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Take it off my ears. Coming! <laughs> the sister went farther under the earth, and she saw a little hut standing on cock's feet and turning round. Hut, she cried out. Stand as you should with your back to the wood. Exactly how there's a forest under the earth is not explained, just to be clear. I like the idea. I know, right? Yeah. Um, it's very goblin-y, and I approve of yeah. all things goblin-y. <laughs> Especially my dog, who is a goblin. Mm-hmm. So the hut stopped, and the doors opened, and a fair maiden looked out. She was knitting a cloth with gold and silver thread. She greeted the guest friendly and kindly, but sighed and said, Oh, my darling, my sister, I am so glad to see you. I shall be glad to look after you and care for you as long as my mother is not here. But as soon as she flies in, woe to you and me, for she is a witch. When she heard this, the maiden was frightened, but could not fly anywhere. I think it means like run away. Oh, okay. I was like, well, yeah, she's a person. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, I can't fly anywhere either. Especially not during COVID. Anyway. (laughs) Okay. So she sat down and began helping the other maiden at her work. So they chattered along, and soon, at the right time before the mother came, the fair maiden turned her guest into a needle, because she's totally not a witch herself, turned her guest into a needle, stuck her Mm -hmm. into the bassoon, and put it on one side. But scarcely had this been done when Baba Yaga came in. (gasps) Now, And then everyone's cheering. Everyone at the midnight screening's like, yes, there she is. Yeah. This totally. is why we come here. Oh, <laughs> exactly. What a rush. She's back. Yeah. Now, my fair daughter, my little child, tell me at once, why does the room smell so of Russian bones? <sighs> Classic Baba Yaga. <laughs> I know. Sniffing that blood. <laughs> yeah. Mother, there have been strange men journeying past who wanted a drink of water. Why did you not keep them? They were too old, mother, much too tough a snack for your teeth. Henceforth, entice them all into the house and never let them go. I must now go get about again and look out for other booty. As soon as ever she had gone, the maiden set to work again, knitting, talking, and laughing. Mm -hmm. Then the witch came into the room once more. She sniffed about the house and said, Daughter, my sweet daughter, my darling, tell me at once, why does it smell so of Russian bones? Old men who were just passing by who wanted to warm their hands, I did my best to keep them, but they would not stay. So the witch was angry, scolded her daughter, and flew away. In the meantime, her unknown guest was sitting in the bassoon. Someone is listening I to this. I keep hearing bassoon. I know it's like, bassoon, but I keep thinking bassoon, and yeah, it um, uh, makes me laugh. And someone who's listening knows this word and is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You had two days to <laughs> learn how to pronounce it. The maidens once more set to work. Yeah, I do like the bassoon. Okay, anyway. The maidens once more set to work, sewed, laughed, and thought how they might escape the evil witch. This time they forgot how the hours were flying by, and suddenly the witch stood in front of them. Darling, tell me, where have the Russian bones crept away? Here, my mother, a fair maiden is waiting for you. Daughter mine, darling, heat the oven quickly. Make it very hot. 
if this were like a realistic story, Baba Yaga's daughter would be like, Mom, stop. <laughs> yeah, totally. Stop talking about Russian bones. Yeah. It's kind of weird. It's so embarrassing. I have a friend over. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so the maiden looked up and was frightened to death. For Baba Yaga with the wooden legs stood in front of her, and to the ceiling rose her nose. So the mother and daughter carried firewood in, logs of oak and maple, made the oven ready till the flame shot up merrily. Then the witch took her broad shovel and said in a friendly voice, Go and sit on my shovel, fair child. So the maiden obeyed, and the Baba Yaga was going to shove her into the oven, but the girl stuck her feet against the wall of the hearth. Will you sit still, girl? But it was not any good. Baba Yaga could not put the maiden into the oven. So she became angry, thrust her back, and said, You are simply wasting time. Just look at me and see how it is done. Down she sat on the shovel with her legs nicely trussed together. So the maidens instantly put her into the oven, shut the oven door, and slammed her in, took their knitting with no. them, and their comb and their brush ran away. God, I do love the confidence that it takes to be like, um, this is how you sit on a shovel. Yeah, you when, it, when you're going to get put in the oven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loving it. Yeah. They ran hard away, but when they turned round, there was Baba Yaga running after them. She had set herself free. Some real ex machina shit in this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hoo, hoo, hoo. There run the two. So the maidens, in their need, threw the brush away, and a thick, dense coppice, which is like a bunch of trees, arose, which she could not break through. So she stretched out her claws, scratched herself away through, and again ran after them. Whither should the two poor girls flee? They flung their comb behind them, and a dark, murky oak forest grew up so thick, no fly could have ever flown its way through. Then the witch wetted her teeth and set to work. She went on tearing up one tree after the other by the roots, and she made herself away and again set out after them and almost caught up with them. I like this one. Fuck yeah, this Vaseline fun. or whatever her name yeah. was. This one's better. Yeah, totally. Vaseline the sexy. What was that? What was that character's name? <laughs> Vaselisa the beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vaseline the sexy. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Now the two girls had no strength left to run, so threw the cloth behind them, and a broad sea stretched out, deep, wide, and fiery. The old woman rose up, wanted to fly over it, but fell into the fire and was burned to death. Again with the burning. I know. The poor maidens, poor homeless doves, did not know whither to go. They sat down in order to rest, and a man came and asked them who they were. He told his master that the two little birds had fluttered onto his estate, the two fairest damsels similar in form and shape, eye for eye and line for line. One was his sister, but which was it? Wait, is this? Oh, yeah, okay, the master is the prince, okay. Oh, okay. One was his sister, but which was it? He could not guess. So the master went to both of them. One was his sister, which? The servant had not lied. He did not know them. And she was angry with him and did not say. What shall I do? asked the master. Master, I will pour blood into an ewe skin, put that under my armpit, and talk to the maiden. In the meantime, I will go and I will stab you in the side with my knife, and then blood oh. will flow, and your sister will betray herself as to who she is. 
the, nothing could go wrong with this plan. This plan is airtight. No notes. What could Very go wrong? Very well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as soon as it was said, it was done. The servant stabbed his master in the side, and the blood poured forth, and he fell down. And Margaret isn't the one who wrote the story, so... Then his sister flung herself over him and cried out, Oh, my brother, my darling. Then her brother jumped up again, healthy and well. Margaret, if the moral of this story is she should have fucked her brother, oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break my iPad. I Give me another wanna... moment. <laughs> okay. He, he embraced his sister, gave her a proper husband, and he married her friend. The, ah, the ring, so it's not Game of Thrones. Got it, got it, got it, yeah. got it, got it. For the ring fitted her just as well, and they all lived splendidly and happily. Okay, they did not stick the landing on that one. I'll be perfectly <laughs> honest. That no. that that one was going great, and, and then it really turned to dog shit at the end. But, <laughs> like, oh, actually, this ring also fits my friend, so mm, you can have sex with her. And yeah. Yeah, it's fine. My brother was so come to the feather bed. My ass. That's wow. What a what a and and also Baba Yaga gone without a Bobby Baba Yaga. Yeah, I'm, I'm hitting this. The no, the it's, it's everyone says Baba Yaga, Baba Yaga, and then I just like watched a a Russian cartoon where she's like, I'm Baba Yaga, and I'm like, okay, cool. That's what I'm gonna try and say. You're like, let's yeah. go with that one. Yeah, but she once again. Uh, disappeared in the middle of the story yeah because she's uh, no one asks uh, how there's a joke here i don't know how to do it um okay <clears throat> i wanted to read this one because sometimes Bobby Aga is what's called in folklore stories a donor like someone who will give you the stuff you need right like oh okay the skull with the fire to burn your slightly wicked steps stepmother right and sometimes she's just a cannibal on a chicken hut. And I wanted to give you a taste. Also and, valid. Mm-hmm, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, give you a taste of the cannibal version. So who the fuck is she? Where did she come from? We'll talk about her name. We, we mentioned a little bit about it last time. I'm going to dig a little bit more into it. The simplest but sort of inaccurate translation is grandmother witch. And Baba meaning grandmother, short for babushka. Um, no one's really presented a, a compelling case about the etymology of, of yoga, but people have done it. And Baba traditionally means grandmother in tons of Slavic languages. My own Irish grandmother went by Baba, which is not Irish at all. It might actually just be my family being weird, but maybe it's spread elsewhere. I I don't really know. I It trips off the... T- I, I was... As you were saying that, I realized that I've written on a show where there's the main grandmother characters called Baba. And I was like, wow, my, my memory yeah. is um, bad. One of the things I found really interesting... I found at least uh, one reference to that um, Baba as a meaning grandmother is probably derived from the old Russian Baba meaning midwife, sorceress, or fortune teller. <gasps> so it's cool. actually like grandma means witch, not the other way around or whatever. Okay. And I'm I don't, pretty into that. I don't hate that. Yeah. I don't hate that. So basically her name means Granny Yaga, the witch, as far as I can tell. As a, as a folkloric figure, there's actually no known origin. There's a lot of guesses, and I have some guesses as well that, well, they're not my own guesses. They're the guesses that I prefer aesthetically and or, I mean, seem more convincing 
out of the stuff that I've read about it. My question is, like, in the chronology of witches, mm-hmm. do you know, like, where where does she come? Is she, like, an early folkloric witch character or somewhere in the middle? Or I, I guess I, I, there's just been so many witch figures throughout history. I don't really know where she falls. I haven't done, I actually at some point want to do, um, a more of a deep dive into the history of witches. And I have like the stuff that I've read about it and stuff, but that's constantly changing as people present different ideas. So I, I, the answer is, I don't know. Um, I can say that okay. I can, because people don't know when she comes from, it seems like she actually is a very similar actual origin as witches, but as sort of a, a mythic figure rather than like, Oh, that lady right. over there will like read the entrails of a chicken. So we should kill her. You know, I like, I mean, I, I, I like the variations on like, I don't know. I like the flavor of which that she is where it's like, she's very powerful. It doesn't seem like the story has a vested interest in doing away with her or like yeah. making a strong, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I've encountered this flavor of witch before. Yeah. I'm excited. Well, speaking of flavors of witches, uh, <laughs> witch flavored potato chips that you could buy called witch chips are sponsors today's today's sponsor here's some ads live nation presents concert week now through may 14th get 25 dollars tickets to over 5,000 shows that's up to 75 percent off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 savage alanis morissette cage the elephant celeste barber dirk spentley fade hootie and the blowfish janet jackson kids bop kids megan trainer bissell pluma sarah mclaughlin get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just 25 dollars until now through may 14th visit livenation.com slash concert week to learn more and plan your summer with sean paul some 41 30 seconds from mars oh and two-door cinema club Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal History. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. And we are back. I'm hoping that uh, witches would be into dill pickle chips, only because I hope that I'm a witch. And dill pickle chips are delicious. Have you have either of you ever tried them? I've had dill pickles and I've had chips. I've had dill pickle chips. They're great. They have no no right to be as good as they are. It's just it's mostly just really loud salt. Yeah. That's how I would describe <laughs> the dill pickle chip. <laughs> like like salt and vinegar it, chips? Yeah. Sort of, but like but but what if what if vinegar 
minded her business and it was just salt screaming at the top of its lungs. It's all capital letters salt is what the dill pickle chip tastes like. And that is like, all right. whew, as a sodium head. All right. I love it. I love it. Big sodium guy. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Huge sodium guy. Yeah. Okay. So Bobby Yaga started showing up in written sources in the 18th century and things that were talking about how she'd been around for a very long time, like collections of Russian folklore, mm-hmm. as well as um, 18th century Russian political cartoons. Okay. There are these single panel woodblock prints called Lubki that were in the style of the time. And she was a common figure in these woodblock prints as sort of an archetype. And she was used in a couple different ways. And people like to argue about, people feel very certain about what the interpretation of, of her in these are, um, but they disagree with each other. And I have no fucking way of knowing. Some ways she was used to represent like the old ways and the old beliefs. But in other times, she was probably used as like this like Finnish lady married the czar at some point. And it was mm-hmm. like, here's this fucking evil witch who's going to come fuck up our good Christian czar by being Finnish and therefore ah. like, you know, a barbarian or whatever. Okay. In 1755, she appeared in writing for maybe the first time. And it was a list of Slavic gods and their Greek counterparts. And so she was listed as a god. And in it, she was the only god or one of the only gods in that list with no counterpart. There was no like counterpart to a Greek god. Wow. That's cool. I know. There's like later people who kind of compare to Persephone, but it wasn't, I think, being done at the time. I I mean, I I like that as sort of being canonical to who she is of like, she doesn't, she has so much like power and intent that she doesn't need a sidekick or a, a counterpart. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it makes her basically, like, in, unique and, like, indigenous to that area. And that is going to tie into mm. some of the kind of shit that I find really interesting about it. Ooh. Um, Ooh, okay. But there's one other attestation, attestation, people talking about her from back in the day that's super interesting to me. There was this guy. His name was uh, Chulkov Mikhail. And he wrote a book in 1782 called Dictionary of Russian Superstitions. And I cannot find an English translation of it. I'm very sad. And I almost bought a Russian copy of it because it seems so cool. Hell of a title, though. I know. That rocks. And it's all about all the weird pagany shit that people were doing. Um, Unlike the weird, good, normal stuff, like being part of a blood-drinking cult like Christianity. Um, It's all about the, like, superstitions. Be normal. Drink blood. Yeah. I actually don't remember whether Orthodox... I don't know whether Orthodox believes it literally turns into blood in your body the way that Catholics did. But um, I know that... There was Catholics there, too, anyway. So it's all about, like... Well, yeah, Catholics famously chill. <laughs> it's about blood, uh, blood sacrifices and shamanic marriages and all this, like, stuff. And he doesn't like superstitions. Mm. And as far as anyone can tell, as, as far as historians can tell, he didn't make up anything in the book, but he also wasn't very great about vetting his sources. So he didn't, like, be like, oh, you know, it'd be funny as if, like, if we did this. Um, but instead, he's just mm-hmm. like, oh, I met a guy on the road who told me this, and that's totally what people do, you know? So he's not the strongest source in the world. And this is the one of the okay. main sources we have about... Uh, well, he, he wrote down a lot of folk tales and folk songs, and he systemized Russian legislation, not in this book, in a different book. He's just like... Oh. I feel like being like a guy who knows how to write books was like kind of just like... 
a job at the time. Opened you to, I yeah. feel like that's what podcasting is right now, where you're like, if you know how to do this, you can kind of talk about fucking whatever. Uh, or that's, I'm banking on that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in this guy's corner. I'm like, oh yeah, you can just totally switch areas of expertise because you, you, you know how to write something down. I cool. mean, that is, that is my job. Yes. <laughs> like, so, yeah. yeah like and yours. Technically what we're both doing. <laughs> yeah. He also wrote a book, speaking of um, calendars that the devil could make and such. Or uh, different sapphic things. He wrote a book called Comely Cook or Adventures of Lewd Woman. I love him. Yeah. I'm like. Yeah. In his 1782 Superstitions book, he talks about an Eastern Slavic goddess named Yagia Baba. And okay. so this is a pre-Baba Yaga character who sits mm-hmm. in an iron mortar with an iron pestle in her hand and is a death god. And I think the mortar and pestle for like grinding up the dead, right? Like like being returned yeah. to the earth kind of stuff. Um, and there's sure. very little information about Ayagia Baba in, in English. Um, basically mm-hmm. just like the sentence or two from this guy's book. But people made blood sacrifices to her, which she used to feed her two granddaughters. And in some okay. Baba Yaga stories, she has two granddaughters and sometimes she has two sisters. So, and then the story you just told me, she had a daughter. Is that yeah. correct? Mm-hmm. Do we know who, uh, like, how does Baba Yaga, like... Who, who's she boning? Reproduce. Yeah, who's she, who she fucking? Who's, who's we will siring? Get, we will get These nice... <gasps> okay, yeah. good. Because yeah. it seems like, I mean, at least in the story you just told, it seemed like the daughter was very, maybe the... I can't imagine Baba Yaga genes are recessive. But, like, she seemed like she didn't have the Baba Yaga intensity about her. Yeah, yeah. But she was magic and, like, turned her and turned her friend into a needle. And right, also, like, true. looked exactly like the friend. I mean, that is some, like, doppelbanger shit, right? Like, <laughs> that is like, yeah. oh, a, a cute girl's coming to the window. Let me just, like, oh, I am, I am you. No, um, I'm a cute girl. That's yeah. so, yeah. That story was wild. I I got I got I got sidetracked by the the incest fake out, but there is a lot going on in there. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's weird. Um, yeah. So, from as far as I can tell, this seems like this is the main argument that Baba Yaga is based on Iagia Baba is based on an Eastern Slavic goddess that there's not that much information about that people perform blood sacrifices to. Vladimir Prop, writing in the 1940s, talks about how Baba Yaga represents the guardian between the land of the living and the forest of the dead. And so this is where she starts mm-hmm. getting compared to Persephone in Greek mythology, the, the goddess of the harvest who ruled the underworld. Mm-hmm. And there's actually some stuff about her being like an agricultural god, to, not Persephone, but um, Baba Yaga being like kind of an Baba agricultural Yaga. Okay. god. Ooh, and like, interesting. There's like some stuff about, I actually literally don't remember if I put this in the script later or not, so maybe I'll end up repeating this or skimming past it, but like plowing the earth with her teeth um and that's like why she has like the wild fucked up teeth okay which is fucking cool her hut her hut faces the forest which is the land of the dead and the people have to turn the hut around because they can't walk to the other side because that's the land of the dead in this reading of Mm -hmm. like the forest representing the land of the dead and death so they have to turn her house around yeah because okay when you show up Baba Yaga's house is facing the wrong way and you have to say like hut hut yeah. turn around and face me um yes. okay yes and because you're kind of like well why don't you just fucking walk around the house like when I think to myself 
I would like to be um, by the back door of a house. I don't think to myself, how can I entice the house to turn around? I tend to think to myself, to turn to me. I will walk and around the that, house. Yeah. Margaret, mm-hmm. you're being too accommodating. You need to ask for what you need. <laughs> if you need the house to turn to you, and that's self care, and that's praxis, and that's pottery class all in one. And you that's say, true. House, turn to me. Yeah. For absolutely. once. Yeah. <laughs> And so this makes the stories tie into the hero's journey if it's about, like, the land of the dead and shit, right? Um, And I kind of, like, low-key hate Mm -hmm. the hero's journey as, like, a plot structure that is, like, used for everything. Sure. But this concept throughout folklore, especially Western folklore, where you're, like, going into the land of the dead to return to the land of the living. um, And sometimes that's, like, a death and rebirth. Sometimes that means – sometimes that was symbolized by being swallowed by an animal. And so the chicken legs as part of the hut – like could be like the house is the animal that you're getting swallowed by when you're being reborn. Mm. And so there's this this theory. And I also think that the sometimes the walls are made of bone, right? And the, certainly the gate walls sure. are made of bone. I feel like that ties into that too. And there's this theory that Baba Yaga and the journey to her was like this coming of age ritual uh, in the pre-Christianized version of all this. Okay. And so going on this hero's journey is how these characters become adults. Mm. And there's no actual, like, the people who've done a lot of research about Baba Yaga, like, theorize this, but it's, like, mostly based on, like, well, pretty much every other culture we've looked at has this. So they probably did, too. We don't know. And so it's like, are. Yeah. <laughs> okay. To, to quote Andreas Johns, who wrote kind of the main English language academic study of Baba Yaga. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's discussing a different author, Vladimir Propp's ideas. Quote, as the initiation ritual died out, only Baba Yaga's association with death was remembered. With the appearance of agriculture, a new religion replaced older hunting beliefs, and the old divinities were reinterpreted as evil spirits. Yaga, the mother and mistress of the beasts, became a witch. And I actually, a little bit, there's a lot of like modern anthropological stuff about how like this idea that like everyone was hunters and then suddenly was like, what if we throw the seeds in the ground? Now everyone's agriculture. And like, there's been a lot of like anthropological shit about how like shit was like way blurrier than that. Okay. And so I'm like less excited. I'm less quick to believe that it has to do with like the coming of agriculture disrupting that traditional form and probably more the coming of Christianity that made her uh, a demon and like all the old gods become like myths or demons instead of gods, you know? That scans more for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so she becomes a boogeyman with coming to Christianity. And if you're Mm -hmm. obedient and listen to your mother, you survive your encounter with her. She's the bad mother to be contrasted with the good mother, like we were talking about. And then one of the reasons I find that really interesting is that as I was doing all this reading about rural uh, Slavic and rural Russian uh, kind of like medieval, early medieval and stuff families, Mm -hmm. not everyone lived in a nuclear family. A lot of rural people lived in extended family units under in one household uh, under one patriarch. And then even that under one patriarch hmm. might be an assumption from patriarchal anthropologists, but I don't know. So a kid sure. grows up with a bunch of mothers because you grow up with like a bunch of family units that are one family unit because you live rurally and it takes a village to raise a child. Right. All right. And the wackiest thing that people like to talk about Baba Yaga that I have a unique interest in, she's also perceived as a... Uh, a phallic mother to some folklore scholars. Uh, okay. 
she's unpack that. Yeah. So she's presented as wielding a pestle and a broom. She has a bony leg okay. and a large nose. I'm making air quotes here. And sometimes she has okay. a giant iron tooth or an iron hook. And she attacks with snakes sometimes. And sometimes she has an entire army. These are all like masculine traits. And some of them are like penis traits, according to people who are into the like psychosexual shit that I don't really believe in personally. Yeah. So to yeah. quote Andreas Johns about this again. Some psychologists have interpreted fantasies about phallic women as an expression of male castration anxiety. As frightening as the fantasies of phallic women may be themselves, they serve to deny women's genital difference and the more frightening possibility that a man might lose his penis. Freud states that the snakes which form Medusa's hair are, quote, are, are derived from the castration complex. It is a remarkable fact that, however frightening they may be in themselves, they nevertheless serve actually as a mitigation of the horror of Medusa because they replace the penis, the absence of which causes the horror. Huh. I think this is bullshit. Sometimes I hear Freudian theory and I'm just like, sounds like it might have been more of a him thing. Yeah. And this is not our, this is maybe not the collective issue that we're making it out to be. Yeah. The whole like, uh, well, you would say that as having penis envy. No, no, um, the, the <laughs> penis envy shit, the phallic woman thing. It's like, and like, okay, so there's this like, concept of like the phallic woman and witches riding broomsticks is another example of this. And then there's like people who've written all this shit about Buffy the Vampire Slayer as a phallic woman because like she like runs okay. around staking people, right? And I'm just like, weapons are Pointy and sharp, like what do you? What? I know, I know. These like, <laughs> I don't. It's like the tree is a. Show phallus. me a vaginal weapon. <laughs> yeah. I don't like <laughs> a net. I guess. Um, True. Yeah. No. True. Like, no. It, it it's. Um, I mean, it's interesting to me because I'm interested in trying to explore like the concepts of transness throughout history and shit. And sure. so less is the like phallic mother, uh, but there's like this like. It's this, like, male... Uh, I don't know how to put this. Okay, so it's, like, Schrodinger's genitals. In the unobserved <laughs> state, a man or a woman could have any set of genitals. And so witches mm-hmm. and Baba Yaga could have anything. And it's, like, presented as, like, that's part of the fear of witches and these, like, masculinized women is that they, like, could have dicks. Uh-huh. And I think it's... I think it's horseshit, but the part of it I like is, like, yeah, I don't sure. know. I mean, I, I know some women with dicks. And uh, I the just the the phrase Schrodinger's genitals uh, stop me in my tracks and I'll never move again. It's so good. <laughs> Thanks. I'm proud of that just one. Just an unbelievable turn of phrase. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. No. I yeah. Thanks. Uh, and so okay. So this makes her like a potentially trans figure. Um, and and in oh. the ways in which she was a fertility goddess actually tie into that in that like, um. Like, because she's she's the one plowing the fields. There's, like, fertility shit about the, like, masculine act rather than the receptive whatever fucking nonsense that people are into about that shit. Yeah. And she also seems similar, to, to stop talking about drunk for a moment, she seems similar <laughs> to me to a, another, another goddess, another Slavic goddess uh, named Mokash, is a death god and a mother goddess. And Mokash is the the okay. ruler of death and fertility, life and rebirth. And she's like more famous because she was one of the the gods who was sort of like uh, canonized, essentially, like not by the Christians, but by like a a formal codification of some of the pagan shit that was happening. 
Um, and she was the only girl okay, that got not in. Not just like the weird guy's book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is like there's like more like statues yeah. and shit to Mokash around, and like, and like, um, I wish I'd remember wrote down more exactly, but like, a guy who like formalized a lot of the pagan shit uh, only picked one girl and picked Mokash. Got it. And she's the ruler of death and fertility, life and rebirth. Her name probably means moisture, which rules. <laughs> And she's related to another folklore Slavic goddess. Go ahead. Nuts. Uh, sorry, just folklore. Sometimes you're like, I guess so. Yeah, sure. Great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's related to another Slavic goddess, uh, Matt Zemlia, who is called the Moist Mother Earth. And in the 19th century, the two goddesses, Mokash and, and Matt Zemlia, sort of became one in a lot of like people's minds and stuff. Um, and the relationship is okay. like super fuzzy. Like sometimes they're related and, and sometimes they're not. Like, And Mokash, there are claims that she has been portrayed with male genitals throughout time. Okay. And so, you know, I, trans goddesses for the win from, from my book. Um, and Mokash probably oh, yeah. came from the Finns, like Baba Yaga might have, okay. which we'll get to in a bit. Or okay. I guess we get to it now. Okay. <laughs> I want to talk about her chicken. We'll get hut. to it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. This is the part that I feel most confident about. I know where the chicken legged hut comes from. I can't believe you've, we've been here, we've been here for two hours. Tell me, where does the chicken? Well, it probably comes from the vendors of, no, I'm going to have to give you the actual answer, but first we have to do an ad pivot. Oh my God. Advertisers support the economy that we all participate in. Gladly. We're also excited about the way the economy works. Sophie's shaking her head in disbelief at how well I'm doing my job. Um, Listen to the ads so I can hear where this damn chicken leg hunt comes from already. All right, ads. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal History. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. Ads over. Okay. I want you to Google what you oh you're actually at an iPad. You might not be able to do this. I I got a I got a phone. I got a telephone. What's up? Okay. 
I want you to Google um, Sami, S-A-M-I, storehouse, and then image search it. Sami, Sami, storehouse. Oh, God, my tabs are so embarrassing. <laughs> I, just had, I just had to open the Minions menu at IHOP so I can type this in. Sami, storehouse? Yeah. Okay. And we're hitting images. Ooh, this building has gams. Yeah, that is a chicken-legged hut. Okay, okay. So that so it's I'm looking at um the first result is kind of a log cabin, but it's mm-hmm. got it's got sexy little legs. Yeah. It's got four four sexy legs, which is yeah. which chickens don't have. Well, but but, I but guess her hut sometimes has four legs. Sometimes has two and sometimes has four. This I can I'll tell you about it. Yeah. Are these still are these still feasible? Can we still do this? So oh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you could certainly build that and and the some Sami folks still do. So this comes this chicken legged hut, as far as I can tell, and as far as a lot of other people can tell, I didn't come up with this idea. Um it comes from the Sami people who um are indigenous to what is usually has historically been called Lapland, but is better known as, as Sami. Um, which is northern okay. Norway, Sweden, Finland, and like the northwestern bits of Russia. And for centuries, the Sami actually had little contact with the Germanic Scandinavians who lived in southern Scandinavia, um, which is like mm-hmm. the Vikings and the Norse and Germanic gods and all that shit. The Sami had their own fucking thing going on and still do. They lived in places that were too barren to cultivate, so they were left alone for a long time. Um, coastal Sami traditionally sustained themselves as fishers, while those in the interior traditionally herd reindeer. The, the 19th century caused forced assimilation, a project of, quote, civilizing them. This part's sad and true. Uh, banning their languages, giving incentives to settlers to move into their territory. Their children were taken to residential schools to have their culture destroyed. All the usual colonizer shit. Jesus. These days, Sami lands are being exploited for mineral and oil and gas resources, disturbing the reindeer. Um, and I don't know. Um, just destroying an entire indigenous yeah. culture. Yeah. Because I think that's something that people don't recognize enough is that colonization happens everywhere in the world. Um, and, Absolutely. you know, indigenous people getting shoved into states and then oppressed uh, happens fucking everywhere. Interestingly, this is mm-hmm. a theme that is explored in the movie Frozen 2. Oh, that's cool. That's just a fact. Yeah. Um, this yeah. is. I mean, I I have not heard about the um about Sami culture before. This is all new to me. Okay, and so many of the the Sami were traditionally migratory. The the folks who would follow the reindeer and herd reindeer, and so they built storehouses on stilts for all the stuff that they weren't taking with them on migration. And I've read this both as storehouses of dried food, like you know all the stuff that they prepare, and they're like, why can't we can't take all this with us? I've also read it as storehouses of just like stuff, like all the stuff that when we come back here, we're going to want. And so Mm. wild animals can't get in because of the stilts. And sometimes they didn't have windows. And the stilts were sometimes for tree trunks with their roots looking like chicken feet. And yeah, I I cannot imagine after seeing this sort of image, I cannot imagine another origin of this because um, the, you know, the Slavs were, if at their like wildest venturing into the far birch forests, you know, um, and traditionally Babi Yaga lives in birch forest, you'd 
that's when you would be encountering something like this. It, I mean, visually, it is so fucking cool yeah. looking. Like, I, yeah. I, I get why the image stuck, because it, it looks amazing. Yeah, totally. And so the Sami aren't Finns, right? There's a lot of different uh, groups of people that share that little sort of vague, um, it's not part of the Scandinavian peninsula, the, the Finland part. But there are several Finnish ogresses, uh, one of whom is good and one of whom is bad, who are seen as potential origins of Babi Yaga as well, or like influences on it, that like Babi Yaga is like both of those ogresses at once. And one more weird thing that ties into the Babi Yaga myth, you know, she's like shoving, um, shoving our protagonist into the oven on the like shovel or whatever, into the huge oven. Boy, do I. Okay, well... Um, there was this Eastern Slavic traditional healing method called baking children, where if the kid is sick, especially like a, a, a child who's born too early or like some other issues, you put them in the oven for a while. Um, not too hot, yeah, obviously. And, and set a timer because it's yeah. easy to get distracted and I know, forget. I know. Like, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. We've all been there. So that was a thing that people... Did and is like almost certainly the origin of the, the, the person who knows the traditional methods is like the evil witch who bakes children, right? I feel okay. This did it work at all? I don't know the answer to that. I think there are probably some things that would have helped with, but I do not know. And I, I think they they did it in a way that didn't kill it. Your kid. Yeah, it just made made it afraid of enclosed spaces for the rest of their lives. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, but, maybe. Wow. Okay. Freud would have had a um, fucking field day with his back into the womb shit too. Freud was a fucking weirdo. I yeah. just like, you know, uh, that is um, okay. So so bad witches put like uh, bake children. Yeah. Yeah. Question mark. Okay. Okay. So. Bad ogresses in this case. Yeah. Well, yes, okay. sometimes, you know, sometimes she's an ogress. And so as far as I can tell, basically, Baba Yaga in post-Christian folklore represents the fear of the pagan other, especially the mm-hmm. sort of like indigenous uh, pagan other, the knowledgeable strange people in the woods. In Siberia, it seems like mm-hmm. Baba Yaga represents the fear of the indigenous people out there. And then in Western Russia, it was like the indigenous people who live there are like the the people who are being othered by this. I see. And I think that this ties into how she can always smell the Russian blood because she's not Russian. Mm -hmm. She's a a foreigner. She's not from a different place, but she's from a foreign culture. Okay. Because Russia clearly, you know, is a very large place. And so it's that colonial storytelling tradition of um, implying that all of the evil comes from the indigenous uh, character that's being... Okay. Yeah. That, that's my read I recognize this trope. Okay. And then it might be more of like just purely about paganism. Um, it might be more a bunch of other stuff, but that, that is my read of it. Okay. But she's also got the like entrancing power of the other two, right? Because she's not just a villain. She's the villain in about two-thirds of the stories she's in. Mm-hmm. And she's almost unique in, folk, in folklore, because overall, she's like this bad bitch who eats kids. But she's the representation of the catalyst of change that is necessary in any person's life. People have described her as like the god of tough love. That's a cool That's a cool title. Yeah. I could use that. 
And I, I like how a lot of the kind of pre-Christian beliefs or morals like survive in monsters. I really have this whole yeah. thing where I really like monsters. Mm. And to, to quote Madame Pamita writing for Bust, if we look back mm. even further, we see her in her truer guise as the forest mother, the guardian of the woods. This is where her dicey nature comes in. For our ancestors, the wild was truly ambiguous. Nature provided food, materials, and beauty, but it could also bedevil you, devour you, and destroy you. Baba Yaga is just like that, cruel one moment and achingly sweet and generous the next. In ancient Slavic paganism, you have three planes of existence. There's the middle world where we all live. You've got the upper world where the gods hang out. And then you have the lower world, which isn't hell. It's like where the plant spirits and the animals and like the mythical things hang out. And Baba Yaga is like oh. lower world all the way. Okay. I, I like that. Uh... That kind of not I, I don't even know if that's a hierarchy, but I like I like that uh, concept of the lower world. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I want to learn more about a lot of this stuff, like because a lot of this is like mentioned in passing and stuff about Bobby Aga. And then I like start digging into it because I get excited. And then I remember that I um, have to uh, eventually finish projects. But even like the concept of, of the forest beneath the ground and like stuff like that, it just yeah. I don't know. All of that imagery is so cool. Yeah, totally. Um, and so, so Christian Russians don't actually have to go very far to find a pagan other. There's been an unbroken right. tradition of paganism right up to the present day within Russia. Um, about 500 miles east of Moscow, there are the Mari people who are ethnically uh, Finn-Ugric, I believe. And they claim that their religion is about 7,530 years old. And when I say about I mean, they claim that their religion is 7,530 years old. I was like, that's a very precise about. <laughs> yeah, um, which, I, which implies that they have a specific start date. Yeah. And in so many ways, they're just like the, the archetypical pagans that people, when they think about like European paganism, um, they're polytheists. They meet in sacred groves instead of churches. And, mm -hmm. and they've run across some problems over the years. You'd think oh, no. that... Um, the history of history is the history of people accepting religious differences. That's, I mean, that's the way I've understood it. And I've only read uh, books from uh, the, the the winners. Yeah. So I think that that's probably true. Yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, we, we totally yeah. accepted them. And then they just stopped believing what they believed uh, peacefully. Yeah, there's a holiday about that coming up. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Fucking garbage. Sorry, continue. So the problems that they've run into, first they ran into the problems of Christians. Mm -hmm. Russia started Christianizing mm -hmm. more intensely around the year 1000. And a lot of pagans had to resettle mm -hmm. or do what Christianized people have done all over the world, especially Catholics, they syncretize. Um, there's this like dual faith thing that people have going on where people manage successfully for hundreds of years, if not thousands of years, where they're like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. I'm like Catholic or Orthodox or whatever. And then they like go out to the glade and keep up their actual religion. And so a lot oh, of the Mari uh, okay. religious believers were, were practicing that. And then they had a bigger okay. problem, the Bolsheviks. Mm -hmm. When the Bolsheviks uh, took over Russia, created the USSR, they um, didn't like religion. sort of a classic thing. Mosques mm -hmm. and churches were raised all over, and so were the sacred groves. They would run through and be like, that's also a thing you're not allowed to do. One Mari okay. pr practitioner describes life under the Soviet Union about how they'd creep into the forest to practice, quote, the police, fervent atheists, communists, would come. They kicked over our cauldrons and chased us away. And that was mostly the 70s and 80s, I think, a lot of the, the more intense uh, anti-religious stuff that was happening. But I, again, this is like a okay. thing I like to have touched on peripherally, but 
not dive deep into. Sure. Yeah, I'm interested. I mean, every uh, every sort of like alley this story leads down is really, really <laughs> cool. That's wild. After the fall of the USSR, the practice started back up mm-hmm. again more more openly until the other okay. classic monster on the world stage, Putin. Yeah. Oh, Putin uh, is not a huge supporter of uh, religious freedom? Yeah, no, weirdly. Um, Hold on. Uh, persecution. Okay. And, and the article I'm reading is, is about, who that's talking about this is from about 2010, when it was like starting to kick back in. I have not been able to find the follow-up about Putin changing his mind and suddenly being very tolerant. And he actually specifically (laughs) used an anti-extremist law that persecutes a ton of religions, um, like Muslims and Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mari Pagans, where it's like, if your book is like, hey, our practices are cool, we don't like churches. They're like, that's extremism because you said this other thing. Uh, Okay. And so, I don't know. I I don't know. Classic Putin bait and switch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I don't know a ton about them, but they're still around. They're still doing their thing. They consciously okay. stand in solidarity with indigenous and pagan religions the w- world round, especially as it relates to climate change. Uh, one practitioner mm-hmm. said, they say we need to increase consumption to get out of the economic crisis. But if we all start to consume on the level of England or America, we'll destroy the earth within a decade. So uh, at least on this level, I like them, you know. I, I was like, yeah, that uh, I'm I'm on board with that. Yeah. Oh, I'm so I'm, I want to learn more about this. Yeah. So back to Baba Yaga. The thing is, she's never centered in the story. She's never the protagonist. Uh, she's a force of nature that people contend with. No one ever asks, how is Baba Yaga? They only ask, um, you know, about about the arch crone, the bone mother. These are other names I found for her. Um, the way you're describing this, it cracks me up. Uh, it just like sounds like you're like teeing up to pitch a really shitty Disney Plus series about like people always ask like no one ever asks how is Baba Yaga and in this uh, reboot starring uh, insert uh, woman here mm-hmm. this is a this is a terrible Catherine Hahn miniseries waiting to happen. I think we can do it well. I've been. This has all been my long pitch to to get you as co-writer. <laughs> I'm I'm in. All I'm right. in, baby. All right. She's almost never married in any of the stories, which good for her, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes she has children or grandchildren. Yep. Uh, she's clearly doing what she wants, even when she has children and is unmarried. So fuck yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There's one guy she sometimes represented as hooking up with. Another pagan fear of the other guy, and his mm-hmm. name is Koshay the Deathless. And he's kind of cool because okay. his name's. I mean, it's a cool name. Um, I mean, I was like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm into the name. Yeah. What's his deal? Well, Jamie, I'm glad you asked. He's a weird, <laughs> immor- immortal wizard warrior guy who can't die because he hides his soul in objects, like in a needle, in an egg, in a duck, in a hair, in a chest buried on a far island. All right. Well, none of this is disqualifying to me. So continue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's got a ton of magical items, and he has a super fast magical horse. Um, in one story, he gets this horse from Baba Yaga. And okay. sometimes the horse has three legs, sometimes has seven legs, sometimes has the normal boring amount of legs. And this guy is probably, or at least has been conjectured in a way that I find convincing enough to make this connection because it's entertaining. He might have been an actual guy. Uh, there was a, a 12th century pagan Khan of the, the, of the Kuman people named Khan Konchak 
who maybe let a... I had a hardest time finding this part out. I'm like, maybe he led a slave uprising. I'm not sure. Um, I don't feel confident about okay. that. But he also is conjectured to have like lived to over 100 years old, unless maybe his kid was using his name too. But basically, he was right. the immortal because... Um, he lived over, he like saw six generations of people. And so everyone's like, that guy's never going to fucking die. He keeps fucking right. conquering everything. Because everyone lived six years back then. Yeah, exactly. And he wore okay. an amulet of protection that was uh, an arrowhead inside of an egg shape. And so that's probably where you get the like needle in the egg and the duck nice. and the goose and the hole in the bottom of the sea. There's a hole, there's a hole, there's a hole in the bottom of the sea. I, I, I was like, keep going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> And since he was a successful battle guy and he was a pagan, he became a baddie, right? I mean, most uh -huh. battle guys are baddies, to be to be real. They, what they do is run around, hit people with swords, which is like not usually a polite thing to do. It's not usually smiled upon in polite society. Yeah. Um, but because him and Baba Yaga were both baddies, people like to ship them together. And sometimes they got together in stories. Mm-hmm. And this that's so oh god I love when you're like yeah folk like folk tales and fan fiction are um they live in the same neighborhood at yeah. times we were just yes. like oh they're both pretty bad what if they fucked <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally totally people have been horny for so long and you know that's my controversial statement since he hid his soul in other objects we could call mm -hmm. this book witch for lich huh Swish. Yeah, thanks. Um, yes. And, and that's what I've got about Bobby Agam. Cool. Ugh. I love Bob. I, the, um, as I was, um, I was, I Googled, I, I hit Google Images bravely mm -hmm. to see like what different interpretations of her mm -hmm. look like. And it is like, wow. I mean, I think we talked about this in the last episode, but all of the um, kind of cartoon, like, anti anti any woman who isn't like mm -hmm. aggressively western beauty standards you've got the cartoon anti-semitism and you also have baba yaga was an antagonist in a miyazaki movie which i oh, didn't yeah. realize i haven't seen it have you seen it which movie is it in um um it's one i haven't seen sorry no, it's okay uh, it's um the main antagonist in Mr. Doe and the Egg Princess. Oh, no, I haven't. She brings the Egg Princess to life. Her home is the castle of the Dark Forest. Seems like a loose interpretation. Yeah. Uh, but I think this is a short film. But I, I want to I wanna go back and watch it now to see how Miyazaki interpreted. But she was still a cannibal. Okay, um, okay. And and also, um, if if you're familiar with the Miyazaki character Yubaba from Spirited Away, which I have seen, mm -hmm. I guess that Baba Yaga has Yubaba energy as well. I was like, oh, I want to see more. Baba Yaga seems like there should be more modern interpretations of her. Yeah, she's cool. I know. There's a um, I watched a Lost Girl episode, um, of Baba Yaga, Ooh. in uh, in preparation oh, cool. for this. I never actually seen Lost Girl. And my friend was like, what the fuck? Me and then was uh and then described it <laughs> as up. in the genre of entertainment that is people who fight demons and quip. Oh, see, that's But I like that. That genre. can be you you gotta be in the right mood, but that can be a good genre. Yeah. I, I have written two novellas that are people who fight demons and quip, so I like I'm into it. <laughs> and you're damn good at well, it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um yeah, no, and there is the 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 Japanese analog. I didn't get into it more. There's like um, 
comparisons that made and to to cultures especially nearby like Japan and Siberia and I like want to know more about how all of that traces around um but that is also the stuff that yeah. people get doctorates in <laughs> I'm a lowly uh the equivalent yeah. of the the guy who writes the like I'll write down your legal structure and write erotic fanfic about a maid um you know <gasps> I think that that is a beautiful place to be. That is a culturally significant and impactful place to be. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, if people want... Well, I, this mm-hmm. has been so fascinating. Yeah. Uh, if people want to hear you occupy that cultural space, how can they do so? Yes. Uh, you can uh, do all sorts of stuff. I was Because we're talking about Baba, uh, I, I would... Uh, Recommend watching a show called Teenage Euthanasia, in which there is a character named Baba. I've written on the show for a couple of years. It's streaming on HBO Max. It's a really fun show. Um, and Baba is also kind of a mystical, mysterious figure. Um, you can also pre-order my book, Raw Dog, which is about hot dogs, which Baba Yaga famously loves. Mm-hmm. And you can listen to any of my podcasts about extremely specific Topics uh, on Cool Zone Media. Ever heard of it? <laughs> Sophie, anything you want to plug? Just follow at Cool Zone Media on Instagram and Twitter for all the all the things. Um, and then and then and then Margaret, Robert Evans, and myself will be doing a, a special live stream, I believe, on December eighth. More details to come. Yay! Um, but it's going to be a good time. Yay! Hell yeah! And if you want to read my Fight Demons and Quip book, uh, the first one is called The Lamb Will Slaughter the Lion, and the second one is called The Barrel Will Send What It May. And yes, I realize I named my books things that no one remembers, but (laughs) The Lamb Will Slaughter the Lion, or just like Margaret Killjoy books, will probably do that for you. As a blue cover, the deer on it. Margaret Killjoy book now. Yeah. It's a cool cover. And you can hear us next week when we talk about more things. Bye. 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 Cool People Who Did Cool Stuff is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. 
You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.